0: Hi, everybody. I am so excited for today's episode. It is all about how to navigate relationships, intimacy, and sex while managing rheumatoid arthritis. I have four different guests today, and they're all sharing their personal stories and best advice for you all. So before we get started, I wanted to give a couple of warnings. So this episode definitely has explicit language and a lot of discussions about Sex. So, if you know that's something that you have a sensitive audience listening to, you know, be aware of that. Also, um, as a trigger warning, there are some descriptions of pressuring and potentially coercion into sex without protection in this episode. So, that's around between minutes 30 and 40. Um, But overall, this episode is really a great testament to how to advocate for yourself in a relationship, how to have a great, wonderful, intimate relationship while managing arthritis and how to not settle for anything less than what you deserve. So I can't wait to get started. Hi, my name is Cheryl Crow and I am passionate about helping people navigate real life with arthritis. I've lived with rheumatoid arthritis for 17 years and I'm also a mom, teacher and occupational therapist. I'm so excited to share my tricks for managing the ups and downs of life with arthritis. Everything from kitchen life hacks to how to respond when people say you don't look sick, stress, work, sex, anxiety, fatigue, pregnancy, and parenting with chronic illness. No topic will be off-limits here. I'll also talk to other patients and share their stories and advice. Think of this as your chance to sit down and chat with a friend who's been there. Ready to figure out how to manage your arthritis life? Let's get started. I'd love everyone to just introduce yourself and share what's your name, your diagnosis, how long you've had it,
1: and also age,
0: if you don't mind sharing.
1: So my name's Chloe, I'm 21, and my diagnosis is juvenile idiopathic arthritis, and I've had it ever since I was a baby, so I was born with it, and I was diagnosed when I was 18 months old.
0: Great. How about Joe? you wanna go next?
2: Yeah, sure. So my name's Joe. I'm 22. I've had rheumatoid arthritis for almost three years now and I'm a student.
3: Nice. Okay. How about Allie? Yep. My name is Allie. I have rheumatoid arthritis and really bad costochondritis. I am 27 years old and I got diagnosed when I was 15.
4: And Paulina? Hey guys, I'm Paulina and I was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis in 2014 when I was 18. So I've had it for like five, six years. And I'm your moderator today. I'm
0: Cheryl. I'm 38 and I've had rheumatoid arthritis for 17 years since I was 21. So today, as I mentioned earlier, we're going to be talking about relationships, intimacy, and sex while managing something like chronic illness slash arthritis specifically. So I'd love to hear from each of you, how has your condition affected your romantic relationships? Chloe, you want to go first?
1: Yeah, so I would probably say that growing up, I didn't really have a lot of like, you know, like a teen relationship. I didn't really have many of those because I feel like my arthritis caused me to like close off like I got the, the typical like you're too young to have arthritis this and that this and that so it really like closed me off so I didn't really open myself up to a lot of people so I think that kind of put those barriers for me to even have like those typical school type relationships so my first my relationship I was 16 and it lasted for three years so it was a long time you know and I was basically a kid really when I think about it and I would say that was massively affected by my illness and I didn't really realize it until like afterwards So he would never, like, understand what I was kind of feeling. He would just assume that I could do everything normally, like a normal person. To him, I had no struggles at all, which obviously is the complete opposite. You know, you guys all know, like, it can really have a massive impact on your life. And that stopped me from, you know, opening up to him, which eventually obviously caused us to really drift apart, especially when I was 18 and I moved to uni. And I met a lot of people who were much more understanding and I could talk to a to my problems about and then he would say well you don't talk to me anymore you you know you drift away you're drifting away from me and I'm like well you don't really make me feel like I can talk to you and obviously my arthritis affected my mental health so I was and then I got diagnosed with anxiety and then he wasn't really open about that either so it all just kind of like snowballed and I had a point where I was talking about uni and stuff and he like said that you do fuck all while you're at uni and it really really hurt because at the time I was doing my degree I had a pretty much a part I had a part-time job but it was basically a full-time job so I was working like 25 hours you know every like two weeks which alongside degree is quite a lot really especially if you've got a chronic illness so I was like hang on a minute what so it just like really undermined me and then he said he's called me he called me lazy in the past as well because obviously, when I'm not doing anything, at that time, I did like to rest because it's the only time I got to rest. And he would just think that I didn't need it. He was just like, you just don't do anything when you're at home. I'm like, well, because when I'm at uni, I'm constantly busy. And my body just wants to relax. So he never understood that either. So that's why that relationship ended.
0: <laughs> what, what do you think contributed to that? Like the fact that initially, do you think he was in denial about the seriousness of arthritis? Or do you think Like there was some other reason for him not to engage with the fact that you actually have this. I'm just curious. I
1: I honestly don't know. I think probably the first one, I think probably he was, you know, in denial about how serious it can be. Mm -hmm. And I feel like also at the time, I was very closed off from my past experience. So I don't think I ever truly opened up about how much I was struggling. But him also saying the things he said made it even less likely for me to open up. Mm. so it was kind of that as well and I think it was just total miseducation you know and that's why I do these things that I do now because to stop other people going through the same thing as me but now I do I have a boyfriend a new boyfriend now and he's he's brilliant he, he did the arthritis supporters panel oh, so that just yes. showed that that in itself just shows how supportive he is and he wants to do everything he can to help so and it's wonderful he's honestly he's amazing So I'm very lucky time. So I've literally, you know, I'm on, I'm in a better place now um, in terms of like my relationships and stuff.
0: That's great. And you know, for better or for worse, sometimes to know what you do want, you have to experience what you don't want, right? Makes you kind of on the lookout for that. Like, oh no, I'm not going to do that again. Right.
1: Absolutely. And I feel like that, even though I say like, oh, why did I waste three years of my life? I'm like, it's not entirely a waste because I learned who I am. And I literally, I learned my worth. I was like, I am worth so much more than this. I deserve better than this. And that's when, you know, I left. And then I had a couple of months out, you know, just doing my own thing on my own. And I actually, when I came, went back to uni. So I've obviously just done my last year. And that's when I met my current partner. I wasn't planning on, you know, a new relationship. I was like, I'll just, you know, do whatever. But then he came along. And I always say the best things happen when you least expect it. So, Mm -hmm. yeah.
0: That's, that's wonderful. Oh, thank you so much. I love that experience led you to your current good one. So yeah. I think that's some important to remember, maybe if, if someone's listening, who's in that 16-year-old, 17-year-old stage. Yeah, so. absolutely. That's
2: wonderful. So I came out of my last relationship just before lockdown. So And I was together with him for just over a year. And he was my first real boyfriend. And I think what made it easier for me was that he also had a chronic illness. So in a way, he kind of knew what was going through, but it was IBD, it wasn't arthritis related. So as much as he could empathize, he couldn't really know how and what I was feeling. But no, like he was really supportive. He was great, he always encouraged me to relax and stuff, which is why our relationship ended for different reasons. Yeah, so I don't think anyone has ever told me, like, you know, how this could affect my sex life. And I'm a very sex-positive person, but it just never occurred to me, like, how it could impact my sex life. And it was the first time, the first night we spent together, like, I experienced some troubles with lubrication and stuff. And, like, it, it never happened to me in the past. And I was obviously quite embarrassed and I didn't know what was going, didn't have any lube on hand. But then the next day, I mean, I don't know if I was necessarily worried. It's just it was something new that had happened. So I looked it up and I actually saw it on the Versus Arthritis website that is actually quite common. And that really put my mind at ease. And now lube is my best friend.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: But yeah, I think that that's my story.
0: Yeah no thank you and i think that definitely having dryness in general like whether it's you know i think dry eyes people are aware of that like your dry eyes can be directly caused by your rheumatoid arthritis but it's all dryness even if you don't have sjogren's you can have yeah vaginal dryness and other issues so i think that's a really good like practical tip to always kind of be prepared with all <laughs> with all sorts of lube or anything else that can help you with your lubrication. And I think, yeah, one of the things that I think is hard is that when you're especially beginning, like you were saying, it was the first time, when you're just starting developing that intimacy with someone, it is kind of awkward some of the time. So it can, you know, adding that layer of, you know, pain or other side effects from your condition can just make that more, more awkward. But is there anything else you wanted to share in terms of, you know, how, it sounds like you guys both had chronic illnesses. Did you ever have to like work on your communication around like what symptoms you were experiencing and how that affected things? Like, oh, I'm feeling fatigued today. I'm not really in the mood or something like that. Or were you guys pretty clear in your communication?
2: I think the difference between us was that I had quite a lot of flares while we were in a relationship whereas he was in remission. I was very happy for him and like he didn't have any symptoms, at least he, he hasn't told me about it, but mm-hmm. we had quite an open relationship and whenever I was feeling unwell, I knew I would, t- I would tell him, you know, I, I'm not up for it, I am tired, you know, my joints are creaky <laughs> and like he would understand.
0: Yeah, that's really that's really key because I think a lot of people feel embarrassed or they feel like, oh, my gosh, I'm saying it again. Like, I don't want to I don't want to use that as, quote unquote, like an excuse, even though it's totally a valid excuse. So it sounds like you guys had really good, like you said, really open communication. What about Allie? How is your condition, both, you know, RA and costochondritis affected your relationships?
3: Yeah, so I'm very happy that we're talking about this. I'm an open book and this topic has never really been discussed and I've never found resources for it. So I'm very, very happy about this and you guys can ask me anything. Again, I'm an open book and I think sex is very important, especially with arthritis. So a little backstory with my sex life, I guess you could say. But growing up, I was growing up, I'm talking about like from teenager to college, like into my early twenties, I was very active with sex. I love sex. I didn't have any problems with it. I was very active. It was regular. I've had I guess four serious boyfriends and I wasn't one to just like sleep around, but I had the four serious boyfriends and sex was never a problem with us. It was completely normal. But however, my story with arthritis is a bit different. When I got diagnosed at the age of 15, I went through it, but I had surgery and then I immediately went into remission with physical therapy and I was on medical remission too. Like I didn't have any medicine. I was just in remission from the age of 15 to 22. So during that time, which, you know, was my like prime, my prime sex years, I was completely okay. And sex never was a problem. It was regular. It was fine. My boyfriend's, it was great. I never really needed lubrication or any other thing. Like it was completely fine. However, when I hit 22 and my arthritis came back and it was very aggressive, that's when it changed. (laughs) So then I was still quite regular in the beginning of that but I was finding it very difficult to get into certain positions due to my knee. So if we're going to being completely honest here, I was getting kind of upset because I'm not, I'm not a bottom person. So, and, and, you know, being on top, you can't really support yourself with your knee. And so that was making me really sad because if we're being super honest, I can't, you know, hit that climax when I'm on like when I'm laying flat. So then I started to get really like depressed because I'm like, I, I can't hit that. What's the point of doing this if we both aren't going to finish, you know? And so at this time, I was with my current boyfriend. So starting off with my current boyfriend, I was still okay. And so sex was completely fine and regular with us. But once it hit, he understood because my arthritis came back very aggressively and I couldn't get into the positions. So he understood that. But after being medicated, I was starting to get a little bit better. I could get into those positions, but then it was really about the fatigue. So, like, the fatigue is what really would stop me, and I really was never in the mood. I would have to think about it as if it was a job. I was like, all right, well, then I'm going to have to get into these positions, but my knee is hurting, my chest is hurting, my elbows hurting, I don't want to do this, I'm really tired, like, I just, I don't want to, and then on top of the fatigue, what Joe said was like the lubrication. I was completely dry. And I think it's because I wasn't in the mood. I was never in the mood. I was tired. I didn't want to do it. And then on top of it, it's dry. So then it hurts. So then I'm like, it hurts. I'm already in pain. I don't want to add more pain to this. However, on the days that I would just be like, I got to do it. So we're going to be very real here while it's happening in I've gotten past the lubrication and the dry because what we do now is, and we'll get to the tips and tricks soon, but we use a lot of lube. So when it starts to get okay and we get comfortable, I'm thinking, why do I never want to do this? Why, why do I say no to this? Like, this is helpful. And then I read an article, I think maybe Cheryl was on the Arthritis Foundation, I'm not sure, but saying that sex is actually really, really good for people with arthritis It Mm -hmm. really is great for us. And I know it's kind of like fitness. Like you think I can't work out because I have arthritis, I'm in pain. It's like that with sex. Like I can't have sex, it's gonna cause pain. But then while you're doing it, you're like, why did I stop this? So anyway, in conclusion with me, it was mostly about the fatigue and the dryness and the being in pain and not wanting to add pain. My current boyfriend at the time completely understands, but we'll get to the tips and tricks soon on how him and I deal with that. But that was my story.
0: No, that's so, so much to unpack there, but I think you really touched on all the different elements that can add into challenges with sex life. It's the fatigue, so you don't have the energy to do it, then the pain, which makes it immediately not fun in your mind, and then the dryness, and then the, but then there's the significant emotional thing where you know that it's something that makes your partner happy and you love them and so you want to make them happy. And but it, it comes at a cost to you. And so I'm glad that you guys have found ways to to work around that. But yeah, I really appreciate your your openness about that. Paulina, you look like you were just like ready to chime in. Did you wanna <laughs> chime
4: in now? So I mean OMG, like that's my first reaction because first of all, I'm learning here. Like like everyone just mentioned, there's no materials out there that actually give you like an insight view onto what's happening or what you can experience or the different things you could have like problems with and about the lubrication. Like I have problems with that ever since I started my medication again. And I never, I don't know, first of all, I never thought that it could be related to RA. And secondly, I never thought of even Googling that because I've never heard it mentioned that it was like, how can that be related? Like this is this has nothing to do with it. So it didn't even cross my mind to research about this. But yeah, <laughs> so now let's go to answering the question of how how it affected my relationship, my romantic relationship. So before I was diagnosed, very similar to Ali, I was fine. So before the age of 18, it was just like, like nothing, like, yeah, it was just n- normal sort of sex life. And then when I was diagnosed for the six months of being on medication, I actually can't even say if I remember like how I was because it was such a short period of time that I was on my medication. And then I sort of went into, let's say my forced remission that I really don't recommend to anyone for two years. So what I can actually really talk about is the experience that I've had for the past two and a half years with my current partner. Because that's when I've started noticing, let's say, more flare-ups, more pains. I had these different medications, different dosages, and yeah, different pains, and let's say like that. At first, it was very strange to start having like these different pains or different experiences, And I, I'm like, I think like every one of us here, we're very straight to the point and very like an open book. So I'm going to be like that too. And there are certain things that started becoming really difficult for me to do for longer periods of time. My jaw, for example, like that's one that I learned from a previous panel. Like I didn't know this was arthritis related. However, now I know that actually my jaw hurts very quickly. And then another thing is, Like my wrists are the things that are mostly affected. So we had to figure out ways of how to like not use my wrist in certain things that require mostly your wrist. So the way that it affected our relationship, I think it would just really opened up like a whole new level of communication like to the extreme detail of like, no, this centimeter of this position just doesn't work and we have to change it by five centimeters and then it's going to be fine or the positioning of the body or whatever and like i said like i mean yeah we'll get to the tips and and tricks later on but there are things that we started experimenting with because i can't use my wrists. so like we yeah anyways we'll get into that later so i think it created in in a sense When we talk about all of the other things that you guys spoke about, like the fatigue, like that's a huge one. And I'm a very empathetic person. So I always want to please people, like in general, like this is not even sex related, but like in general, I'm such a giver. And I think most of us actually are for some reason. So being in this like empathetic, emotional state and emotional feelings all the time, and then like Ali said, you feel fatigued and you're in pain. You don't want to do it, but you also want to do it because you know this is going to make your partner happy. But while you're doing it or even when you get in to do it and it feels like a chore, like a task, and that's just such a horrible feeling to have because, I mean – Sex is not about that. Sex is like about pleasure. It's about fun. It's about, you know, that exchange of emotions and that experience. So yeah, so it was really emotionally draining for me, I think in the beginning, especially and to be honest, I'm not going to lie, it still is sometimes when I don't feel like when I don't share my emotions fully, like when I just hold it and I'm like, okay, no, I just want to do it. And I want to pretend that, you know, I'm into it, that I want to, you know, because it changes the vibe. It changes the vibe. And I feel that when I'm in that state, it's felt by both parties. So even though I know this, I still do it. I don't share my emotions. I don't say that I'm I'm too fatigued and the usual, let's say, excuses, but for us, they're not even excuses. They're like legit things we experience. I feel like when I don't share these things, the whole experience is just not as great. And then when you do talk about these things, you can find ways to compromise or you can find ways to make it happen so that both parties are happy. So that, yeah, so that's like talking about the fatigue stuff and about the emotional connection with it. And then on top of that goes the whole modification. Like, I mean, we talk about tools for the kitchen. We talk about tools yeah. to make our life easier on how to live our day-to-day life. But I'm sorry, sex also is sort of like day-to-day life. And... Oh, yeah. Yeah. So the, there are things that we had to modify or like even the whole knees or like the wrists or, or things like that. And when you are in certain positions and you're literally relying on these joints and then it's like shit how can I get my pleasure because this is the place that I get my most pleasure from but actually not be in pain at the same time because then the pleasure is not going to come because it's like you know a brain and then the lubrication comes into play too because you're not mentally in it because you're constantly either worried about protecting your joints or you're worried about pleasing the other partner, or you're worried about acting normal so that you are not like, you know, pitied on, let's say. That just really hits the nail on the head.
0: Again, you guys are all hitting the nail on the head perfectly where it's like, it is not just, oh, sometimes I think the sexual education, when it is done, it's like just experiment with positions and find one that works. It's like, it's not just the physical. The physical affects the emotional, the emotional affects the physical, you know, back and forth relationships have power dynamics, whether we like to admit it or not, you know, it's kind of, I like to think of like my romantic relationships or so, it's kind of like a seesaw, you know, it's kind of like sometimes one person's more into it in general than the other. And, you know, I'm married now, so it's a little bit less of a up and down seesaw, but, in, you know, there's always kind of like a negotiation. So anyway, I... I'm sorry if
4: I cut you off. I was just really excited about what you're talking about. Was there anything else you wanted to add? Another thing that came into my mind while everyone was talking is how my hormones, like for example, when my period is getting closer and my hormones are like playing up and they're like going crazy and having a party, that's when my sex drive increases. And it's like, then it's, it's this feeling of like, oh my God, I actually need my hormones to have a party for me to have this normal sex drive. That let's say in the past, I used to just normally have, because I was also a very like, I like sex and people like sex. So you want to have that drive because it makes the whole experience so much better. And now it made me think like, that's crazy. I actually need my hormones to have a party for me to have like a full on amazing experience. In terms of like mental, emotional, and physical connection of everything joined together.
0: So I know, Chloe, you wanted to add a little bit more to your story. What would you like to
1: share? Yeah, because I, at first, I thought I didn't, we were just talking about relationships, and then everyone else started talking about sex. I was like, I want to talk about sex. Yeah. I want no, to talk I'm about experience. So, all good. Go <laughs> for it. Like, Can I chime in? <laughs> no, because I just want to say, like, literally what Cheryl was just saying and what Paulina said, like, literally, when you guys were all talking, I was like, oh, my god me too at everything it's honestly insane and I wish I'd known this stuff years ago when I actually started having sex because I started having sex when I was just before 17 but what was interesting for me is at first I had the same problem with like the vaginal dryness like you guys were all having with my last long-term boyfriend and I always needed lube all the time and I just thought that's just something that you know Sometimes that happens. I didn't have any idea that it could be related to my arthritis. But now with my current boyfriend, I'm still on the same medication, but it's switched. Like I don't need it at all now. And I think for me, what it is, is because me and my current partner have such a deep understanding with each other and he's so understanding and I feel like I can communicate all my feelings to him and I feel so intimately connected to him that I I don't know. I just, I don't know. I think that's the reason it could just be a spontaneous thing, I'm not sure, but that's kind of what my experience of like the dryness has been for me. And I feel like for me it's like it's probably been quite mental. So like before I felt really disconnected from like my partner. So I kind of just dried out like the desert, I guess. <laughs> oh,
0: no, that I think there's studies on that. Yeah, the emotional part can lead to better lubrication.
1: That that makes perfect sense to me. And I also like the jaw thing happens to me. I remember me and Paulina were having a conversation about it on like FaceTime and I was like, oh my God, I get that too. And it was this big, massive light bulb moment because before, you know, with my, with my current boyfriend, I like, I love giving him oral. Like I enjoy it because he enjoys it. I enjoy it. It's great. But I wish I could do it longer, but I can't because my jaw just fatigues so quickly. And I get it like right here, right here. And it's, it makes me, it does make me sad. It's like, like I think all you guys said at one point, like it does make me sad because I want to be able to make my partner feel good. And also it was because I enjoy it too. So I'm like, I want to do it because I enjoy it and he enjoys it. So why not? But then I'm like, but I can't. Have um, you ever
0: tried alternating between like, this is going to, gonna, we're going to get really graphic here. So <laughs> one thing that I've done is like alternate between the guy and I'm straight, so I'm with a man, but not to say everyone is, I'm not assuming everyone's anyway. So he can kind of like, if your jaw needs a break, he can kind of do uh, his hand to keep himself hard. And then you can kind of take a little jaw break. Okay, Allie and Paulina are nodding.
1: Have- yeah, so I've done that. Well, I've like kind of switched between my hand, my wrist and my mouth, like just switching. And that's like fine. Oh, you yeah, your sh- own hand. Sorry, I'm not no. willing to do that because I know my hand's going to hurt. <laughs> my wrist is like hurting today. So obviously it would not be possible today. But like when I'm, when it's like kind of normal, I do switch, but I just, sometimes I just wish I could just be able just to do it. You know what I mean? Also something that happens a lot to me during sex is if I'm on my back and you know, like my partner is like doing things to me or like we're actually having sex Like and I've got my legs outwards my right. I know my lefts and rights My, my right yes. cramps so bad like it literally like just locks into place and just cramps and I'm literally like huh? Ah, like it really really hurts and I hate it when it happens because Sometimes that, you know, I've had to be like, stop, stop, stop. And like, I feel like I'm, you know, singing the moon and it, it just, I just feel, I don't, I would say at first I do get, I felt embarrassed. Now I don't because, you know, being with my partner for, you know, almost a year now. So kind of getting used to it. But at first I was like nervous about it and it's happened before with my previous partner. So when I first started having sex with my new partner, I was like, Oh God, what if it happens? What if it happens? And I got myself in like this kind of worry. So yeah, that's something that happens to me during sex as well. And I feel like as well, I had like a period of time in between like my previous partner and my current partner where I was just single. And I went on a few dates and I was like, I didn't necessarily like want to sleep around, but I just kind of was like, I just want to do what I want. But I feel like the struggles I have sometimes in sex with my illness kind of stopped me from being completely open to the idea of, Sleeping around because there's nothing wrong with sleeping around. If you want to do that, then you should do that. Because you know, I love sex, and I know a lot of people else do as well. So, yeah, yeah and then I feel like the problems I could possibly suffer, like with a with a brand new partner, if it's just gonna be a one night stand, it's just create, it's just it's just awkward, you know. And and I'm just kind of like, no. So I feel like I'm very much more, in terms of sex, I'm very much more like a have sex in a relationship type of way because I feel like I have to develop that intimate connection first and that community experience before like I have sex with someone because I feel I have to have that communication there first but again like all you guys said hit the nail head with the fatigue as well like I love having sex with my boyfriend it's great we have both have loads of fun and we were having like sex every single day at one point until I hit a barrier and I just flared so bad for months and, it, and I wanted to have sex, but I just didn't have the energy and I was in so much pain. And, I, and he was so understanding. He would never, you know, never like push me up for it or anything. But and he'd be like, it's fine. You need to rest, you know, just do that. You know, he's great. But yeah. And I was like, but I want to. And he's like, no, but you need to rest. And I'm like, but I want to. <laughs> and he would be like, well, and, I, and it, I would feel bad. You know what I mean? And, and he never made me feel bad. It's just me on the inside. Feeling like you know, feeling bad because I want to be able to to do it, but I just can't because my body is just like,
0: nope. <laughs> it's so so hard. I mean, something that I try to remind myself in those moments is just that you know, no one no one has it perfect, right? Like there, I mean, there are maybe some people in their early twenties who are totally like able-bodied and you know great, but most people have some sort of challenge with with sex and intimacy, whether it's mental, emotional you know, physical or their own kind of fears. Maybe I'm not pretty or I'm not worthy, you know, so I try to remember, okay, the ones that I have, they're around like my physical health, but at least I have, you know, have these other things. But like you said, it's, it's an emotional an emotional thing and you want to just be like i I don't know if any of you guys listen to dan savage's savage love podcast or column the thing that he says a lot is like g you want to be ggg like good giving and game like you want to be you know good at it giving to your partner and then just game to go whenever Hi everybody, I'm interrupting really quickly to let you know that the waitlist is now open for the Rheumatoid Arthritis Roadmap, your guide for a full life with RA. So this is actually the same program that used to be called the Beginner's Guide to Life with Rheumatoid Arthritis, but I updated it with some pretty major changes and I also changed the name because it's a really, really useful and powerful program, even for people who aren't truly beginners. The waitlist is available by entering bit.ly raroadmap, all in lowercase, or you can click on the link in the show notes for today, or just email me at info at and I can't wait to share more in the coming weeks. I'm a bit older than you, but so something for me is I got married in my very late 20s, or I started dating my husband at like 28. So I had a number of years, uh, but I didn't get diagnosed with RA until I was 21. So I was already sexually active then, but then I got diagnosed. And something for me that was, I had a lot of fears around getting an STD because of being on immunosuppressants. So for me, I would, I actually was very proactive in anyone that I dated before and that I wanted to be sexually active with, I would make them get an STD test and show it to me. Has anyone else done that? I'm like, I, I thought I was kind of weird for that, but now I see you guys nodding.
1: <laughs> I feel like I've been talking for ages. Oh, I'm so sorry, okay. <laughs> but I haven't like done that, so to speak, but I have had the same anxieties. So I have kind of been like oh shit like I need to be you know careful and I think that's another reason why I was saying when I had that period of being single I didn't you know just sleep with whoever because I was so terrified because I have you know like you I have anxiety disorder a lot of it is related mm-hmm. to my health and my arthritis the fact that I have a suppressed immune system the COVID has been wonderful not yeah. <laughs> the COVID has <is> really <laughs> terrible for my anxiety so I have like the same thing like I remember you know in all my all the people I've slept with I've been as productive as I can be you know, making them wear protection or making sure I'm on, you know, I'm on protection too, not just even with STDs, but also pregnancy as well. Because pregnancy, not gonna lie, pregnancy terrifies me because of my arthritis. So I make sure that I'm on conception too, because I'm just so terrified. I do want to have kids, but mm. there's still the thought of it is still, is still terrifying. But yeah, definitely. I feel like I do have a lot more anxieties about STDs than you know able-bodied people obviously now I don't worry about it so much because obviously I'm with a long-term partner but I remember one time I did have unprotected sex I know I was very silly and I was shitting myself yeah I was so scared I was like oh my god luckily obviously it was negative you know it was fine because it was it was just the one time but I was like oh my god I'll never put myself to that again
0: it's really scary. I remember when I was in my mid twenties, I kept thinking I'm safe if I, just, if I do oral. So there was a few partners where it was like, oral only, no penetration. Cause I was like, I don't know if I'm committed enough to you to want to go to that next level. But then they came out with the studies about HPV being oral. And I was like, I've made a grave mistake. <laughs> I don't know, but something that I talked about when I went to the Juvenile Arthritis Conference way back in like 2014, they did have the Juvenile Arthritis Conference from the Arthritis Foundation. They had a, a panel about sex and relationships and something that a lot of people brought up there is that you have to feel confident in yourself to be able to advocate in those situations. And I know I'm talking to four women right now who are, you know, appear to me from what I know of you, very confident. But like, you know, for me, I I am very confident, you know, and, but even so I've, I have felt pressure. I like nice guys. Okay. So I'm very lucky. I'm attracted to nice people. I know that's not everyone, but like I have been with the most kind, like I literally have nothing bad to say about in general, about how my exes treated me, but I will say, I'll just say, cause one of them really pressured me to have sex without a condom. And I eventually did it because we both had clear tests, but I was I, it was really worried me a lot because even though we had the clear tests, like there, it is still a gray area because they still could have something in it, not show up on the test. And so, and I know that the reason I did it was because I wanted to kind of keep him and I didn't want, and I wanted to make him happy, but it was like, I didn't feel a hundred percent
1: comfortable with that. So I I just wanted to add when you were saying about, you know, feeling like coerced and like pushed. I kind of felt that too, when I had sex unprotected, like I didn't feel like I could say, hang on a minute, I want you to put a condom on. Because I said I was on the, I'm on the depo injection for contraception. So I felt like I, I don't know, I just wasn't confident enough to be like, hang on a minute, this is what I want. And now I'm a lot different now. But yeah, I would definitely say I felt that too. And it wasn't really, it was nothing he did. It was just, I didn't feel like I had, I could say that, if that makes sense. He didn't, he didn't even offer either. So that kind of made me feel like I was kind of pushed into it as well. Yeah, it was a very weird situation. <laughs> In terms of like tips and like the like sex org and stuff, I'm very new to this, like arthritis friendly stuff. Like I'm still like having like the cramps and stuff. So I would love to hear anything you guys have to say um, because I've like, because obviously me and my partner have been together just under a year. So it's not as long. And obviously with my previous partner, I didn't have that communication communicative relationship with him so I've literally not had like before my current partner I didn't have any time to really be able to explore these different things and I know my, my current partner will be so open to literally trying anything because he wants it all to be comfortable for me you know because he's, he's like he's amazing I don't want to gush too much but yeah, <laughs> I know he would like do anything if, if it was to make me feel more comfortable so I'm excited to hear what you guys have to say
0: so I'm going to shut up now. <laughs> <laughs> That's No, don't worry. That's great. I mean, it's great to have different people at different stages. Joe, did you want to share anything more?
2: Uh, yeah. So like I said, lube is my best friend and it's a necessity. So anyone that has lubrication issues, I couldn't recommend it more. And then positions wise, I was thinking my arthritis is mostly located to my upper body. So hands and wrists. I don't think that really affects me during sex. Like obviously with oral sex, that's a different story, but I just wouldn't do it if things were hurting too bad. And then I think for me, positions-wise, spooning is good because you just lay there. (laughs) But it kind of is different than just missionary. I
0: I meant to ask earlier, sorry, what brand of lube do you like?
2: There's a store in the UK, it's called Ann Summers. I have like a selection.
0: Oh, okay. Okay.
2: Nice. I think it's like a cooling one and then something fruity. Again, a selection. I'm not going to go into too much detail, but I like to have my pick.
3: Then next we have Ali. Yes. I have lots. I wrote it down, you guys. I'm very yeah. excited. Yes. So I did like what you guys said, or what Cheryl, you said about testing. So if anybody is out there in, in the dating world, so like I said before, I was with my current boyfriend, I I was completely very sexually active, but and I was with long-term boyfriends before then. So like Cheryl said, I wasn't testing just because it was just them unless they were cheating on me. <laughs> However, if I think now, if I were single, like if something happened with my boyfriend and I, I would 100 percent demand a test before we got intimate and i know it's weird but it's just best to do it like you would just feel better especially if you have an autoimmune disease just take that extra precaution and get them tested you know especially like it's covid right now like it's not weird to be like go get tested you know If anything, they're gonna test tested for COVID if that's what's going on. But yes, and also definitely being safe, especially with methotrexate. If you're on methotrexate, you cannot 100% get pregnant. You have to be extra, extra safe. So I am on methotrexate and I take the pill and I even use a condom because I want to be extra safe. My doctor tells me every time, please be safe because you cannot get pregnant with methotrexate. So I'm just putting that out there. But tips and tricks, I wrote lots of stuff down. So for the fatigue problem, which is my biggest problem, when it comes to sex I thought about scheduling it so I know it's weird but scheduling it for when you are you have your most energy so if you know me you know I'm very energetic in the morning so I haven't really implemented this into my life but I'm thinking about doing it when I have the most energy so waking up maybe starting my day with it you know how I start my day with my pre workout I'm should maybe start started with sex because I have the most energy at that time so that definitely helps with fatigue practice I know it's strange but if I mean if you're dating this is different but if you have like a a a long-term relationship I'm sure they won't hate that idea of practicing practicing to see what feels good for you and seeing what moves you can do and what positions you can do and I recommend starting with the bed because any other location could be really hard on our joints like the bathroom or the shower the shower is like my worst nightmare when it comes to sex with arthritis so definitely start with the bed try those positions and use pillows to help you put the pillows under your stomach for like when you're in doggy style or put those pillows in any way you need to help support your joints and I promise you I'm sure your partner won't mind practicing like you can practice every day so definitely practicing we talked about lube and how that's super important just a funny thing if you guys are tuning in during COVID Travis and I ran oh sorry my boyfriend and I ran out and we had to order it off Amazon <laughs> so I don't know what brand it is but that was fun so but usually I just I get like something fun like Joe said and I get a variety and then also the flavored ones are really a lot of fun and let's see. Communication. Communication is key. This is my last tip and trick. Be, I know we mentioned in the comments, when is the best time to bring it up, especially if you're dating. I'm very open about my arthritis. So usually on the first day I'd be like, I have arthritis. Let's talk about it. But when it comes to the sex before you start it, you don't want to be in pain. You don't want to be uncomfortable. Be like, listen, I have arthritis. This is what I have to do. Do you want to practice with me? Like, you know, like make it funny. But communication is key. Like. I have a boyfriend who doesn't communicate with me about it. So I bring it up and I'm like, we don't have sex enough. And I want to tell you why. And then he's like, I understand, but let's try this, you know? And so for me, it's communication, but yay. Sex
0: yeah, is good, it is good, sex positive, and I think that you what you bring up. So, I there's some studies that show that like extroverts are like super attracted to introverts, and at least I have found that like almost all my exes have been introverts, and so I think sometimes introverts aren't comfortable being proactive about bringing stuff up, so or they're worried, right? They don't want to, they might want to make sure that you don't feel like they're patronizing you or something like that. So, I think, yeah for better or for worse, if we're the one who it's affecting, you know, we kind of have to be the default person to bring it up and not like, you cannot expect your partner to read your mind, you know? And so I think that's a really, really good point. And I loved, I loved all of your other
4: points too.
0: Awesome. Okay. What about Paulina? You, <laughs> so,
4: first of all, and I think I'm going to say this multiple times during this tips and trick part is communication. Like I feel like I need to get it tattooed on my forehead for like everyone in my life to understand how important communication is. Like not even to do with sex, but to do with everything arthritis and to do with everything about the human life, like communication. Because you can never expect someone to be a specific way or to do something. You cannot assume them to be a specific way or to think about something because that's your thoughts and everyone is such a big individual that you need to communicate your beliefs, your thoughts, your thinking opinions or whatever for that other person to even be aware of them. Like, unfortunately, no one of us is a mind reader. We can, ten- we can sense energy levels and we can sense... Like if it's what sort of energy someone is giving out, but we can't sense what they're thinking about. Like that's just impossible. So yes, tip one and tip two and tip three and tip four is like communication (laughs) about every single detail when it comes to your romantic relationship, when it comes to sex. Like like I mentioned in the beginning, like even a simple shift of a position or like Ali mentioned about the pillows, such a simple communication thing like okay can you grab me this pillow can i position my hand this way or you know can i move my leg in this way rather than that way just being open about what you're what's in your head is gonna make you feel so much better because it's gonna be out there you've said it you're not holding it inside and also the other person is going to know like what they can do to make it better definitely lubrication For me, however, I know that you guys mentioned like fruity, you know, fun selection, and that sounds exciting. However, I have a very sensitive skin and I have like a very sensitive reaction to chemicals, especially on my skin or anything like that. So I always have to get like water-based, like it's pretty much just water with aloe vera, I think, or even not even that, I think it's just like even something more natural because And even to be fair, even something funny, we ordered a, like a water-based one that we normally use. And that's always been fine. However, then we ordered the same brand, still water-based with a hint of, I think it was like tingling or cooling or like something fun like that. And I thought I'm going to like, I had to jump in the shower straight away because it was so bad. And I react so quickly to these things as well. So So for me, it's also the fact that I have to be very careful about like what lube I do use and water-based and like as little ingredients as possible. And that's what sort of works best for, for us. So yeah, lubrication. And I think a lot of that as well is linked to sort of communication because I don't know, but for some reason using lube has become very, I don't know, for some reason people don't like to say like, oh, can you grab lube? Like, let's use it because it's going to make it better. But honestly, you just have to think about like the purpose of sex is to have pleasure and to enjoy it. And if you're going to do it in a way that's not giving you that, because let's say you're not lubricated to talk about that topic. It's just completely like destroying the whole purpose of what you're doing. So it makes complete no sense. So just be honest about it. Be honest and communicate about your feelings of what you need so that you get that pleasure. Like everyone has a different way of experiencing pleasure. And you just have to communicate about these little specifics as well. Like I mentioned before, my wrists are the ones that are mostly affected and being on top is also like a very favorable position for me so you can imagine like that being quite you know tricky however you can still be on top and be on your forearms rather than on your wrists so like that would be a tip just use your forearms and yeah you'll be lower but actually makes it fun because you're closer to your partner which builds up that intimacy even more and then with the knees. And we're talking about workouts here because we are having some amazing conversations. But rather than being on your knees, just be on your feet, like you'll be working out at the same time and you'll still be in a very similar position, or even like the same position. And yeah, so to avoid the use of the joints, which are affected mostly and just playing around with trying to use a different joint, like rather than the wrist using the forearm rather than the knee using your feet. So that would be a huge, I'd say that's more like a practical tip that I'd want to say about the sex drive. So I, like I said, I'm like very, like I'm a giver. I always want to give and I always want to satisfy. And I think, yeah, like I said, most of us are. And once again, like I said, I'm going to mention this all the time, linking back to communication, sometimes when I don't feel like I want it because I'm too much in my head. And that's not just about, like Chloe mentioned, such an important thing of how you need to be connected intimately with that person to be, let's say, lubricated or to feel like you want to have sex. But it also, I feel like it also links back a lot to what's in our head at that time anyway. So you could be connected to your partner like 100% but maybe you've had a bad day with a flare or maybe something else bothered you. And I mean, it's not just the flare pains. We're also affected mentally by the things that we experience. And some days we are more sad about the life that we lost. And some days we're more sad about something else or maybe more hair fell out that day or like whatever. So I feel like it really like links back to what's in our heads as well that affects our sex drive. And when You are in a relationship, to me anyway, I always live on compromises and I live on like communicating, okay, we do this because this is what makes them better. This is what they need. Everyone has human needs. So this is what they need and this is what I need. So let's make it work. And I would say that a big one that's been a huge help for me is like sometimes if my partner needs to have sex because that's the need that he has and I'm not so much into it, I would compromise and still do it. It would just be more like, I don't want to call it like a to-do thingy or like a, you know, business transaction, but I feel like it's still that communication of, you know, I really need it. I understand you're not feeling well, but maybe can we do this or that? Or could you help me? I don't know by being there next to me while I do it myself, you know, even like simple things like that. And so I would say like maybe experiment and try out how that makes you feel. It's more about communication. Oh my God, again, (laughs) communicating about your feelings, your emotions, your thoughts, compromising it in a way and just finding a way so that both parties are always happy or most of the time happy.
0: Okay, Ali, what else did you want to say? Yes. So I know you
3: mentioned toys in your question. So I thought about this and it's a toy that I use quite frequently, but a vibrator for us. So there is one that we have CVS here, but it's like a small, how do you explain CVS? Like, like a little store.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
3: Like a pharmacy store. And it is a ring with a vibrator on the side of it. So you put it on there their things and it goes so it could stimulate your your you know, your clitoris. So it really does help with like the whole because you know, we need lubrication down there, but you want to get in the moment and you want to get the fluids flowing. So really like stimulating that area of ours would really help. So he, um, we use that ring and he puts it on and it hits that spot. So it could really help with getting the area less dry and getting you kind of in the moment. Also just a tiny vibrator that can you use when he's doing anything or you just need that extra help. It, it really does help because it helps get the fluids going a lot quicker. <laughs>
0: Oh, yes. I, I'm going to post in the comments. I have a really great clitoral vibrator that I use. It's, not, it's where you have to hold it. But for me, like about, apparently 70% of women don't climax through penetration alone. And I'm definitely one of those. And I didn't know that until I was like in my early 20s. For me, yeah, my routine that works the absolute best to do the clitoral stimulation first and then the sixth penetration sex
1: yeah so you know I, I just wanted to like chime in because I thought I didn't have any tips but then listen to all you guys I was like wait I do have some actually <laughs> um, Yay! well I'm gonna say that you know the famous word that we've all been saying communication is a 100% key I'm not gonna go on too much about it but I 100% agree with all you guys communication is a 100% important I feel like when you have that communication you do feel more able to kind of voice your concerns and say like oh well can we do this it's like Pauline said, like, oh, can you grab me that pillow so I can just put it under here? Or can we grab the lube and stuff like that? So 100%. But I also wanted to say, like, I think what Pauline said about practice, it was Pauline not Ali, I am not quite sure about practicing the sex positions. And that was, I did that with my boyfriend not too long ago, actually. We were just sat talking. And then I said, do you want to like try out some new ones? And he was like, yeah. So we were like just Googling. We thought, right, we'll pick a few. We went upstairs, like, literally like fully clothed. And we were just like trying out. And... I'm not gonna lie, it was so funny. We were having so much fun. Like, it doesn't have to be awkward, it is just funny because one, you're fully clothed, so it just feels a bit odd. And two, like, you feel like, I mean, some of them are like, you feel like you're playing Twister or something. And you know, we're literally like, this goes, what, what, how how does this work? So I would 100% recommend that, like, you know, it's just funny, you can have a laugh and then you can actually figure out, actually, no, oh, that hurts. No, maybe if we just, and then you can do all those adjustments. I would fi- one position that I find, you know, and, and the same as quite a lot of what the girls have been saying, I quite like being on top as well, which obviously poses a, a problem, obviously, for my wrists and obviously my hips too. So the spooning position is actually, I really enjoy that as well, because I can just kind of, like um, Joe said, you can just kind of lay there. You can just lay there. So I would 100% recommend that. 100% practice sex positions. It's honestly the best thing you can do. I really love
0: that you guys practiced it outside of the context of actually having sex so that you practiced it while fully clothed. I think that's such a fabulous idea. And, you know, I want to put a quick plug in here. Occupational therapists, like this is actually part of our job. So I am an occupational therapist and we learn about this. It's just, there's this giant gap where like we're not serving people with these needs, obviously, which is why you're all like, I've never, no one ever brought this up. No one ever helped me on this, but like we consider sex as an activity of daily living. So like Paulina was saying, we have all these tools and tips for all the other activities, of daily living, you know, putting on your clothes, cleaning, we have all these life hacks. They, we do get trained in like positions and stuff like that. And there are some occupational therapists who specialize even further in sexual health and intimacy and with physical positions. And I mean, if you go online, a lot of the information that you can Google about like good sex positions for arthritis, it is kind of geared towards the elderly with like osteoarthritis, but some of it does still apply to us. Like we talked about the risks and stuff. So I'm just throwing that out there because like some of you are already have quite a bit of knowledge about like, you know, Paulina being a yoga teacher and Allie being a personal trainer, you guys have a lot of knowledge about the body mechanics, but an occupational therapist could all, if you don't have that understanding of like, oh yeah, that's five centimeters to the left or right could really help. One more thing I was going to say before we go back to Paulina is I think a lot has changed in the way that children and young people are now exposed to like, how am I going to say this? I'll put it this way. I'll put it really bluntly. If you look at like all the movies and all the sex ed stuff from like the late 80s and early 90s when I was, uh, went through puberty, it was basically like sex is something that guys want to do and it's about they, them having fun and girls have to protect themselves from the guys. Like, so it was scary. Like I went through this, this program that was really big called Dare to Keep Kids Off Drugs, did a bunch of like extremely fear-based sex education. If I have sex once, I'm going to get pregnant and have an STD and I'm gonna die. It honestly took me a while, even though I had such amazing partners, it took me until like my mid twenties to be like, oh, like, even though I enjoyed having orgasms and stuff, but I was like, the fundamental assumption in my mind is sex is something that I do for my boyfriend. It wasn't for me you know, it wasn't for my own pleasure. And that obviously is problematic, right? So I don't know if anyone else listening is, you know, grew up in an era. I think people are a lot more, the education with young people today is a lot more you know, open. I mean, we had, of course, there was nothing about gay and lesbian. It was all, that was all like off limits. Like everything's a lot more better today. I know it's not perfect, but back then, you know, I grew up again with this very fear-based and it's all like sex is something boys want and you have to tell them no. And like, keep them away and it's sex is something that boys like because it feels good to them there was like nothing ever mentioned about female pleasure so anyway so okay Pauline is turn
4: yes right so another thing that just came into my mind and it kind of really nicely links to what you just said when like we were talking about like self-pleasure and all of that right so whenever what i found is when i'm not so much into it or when i'm not so much I don't know, my head is just not in it. I feel like knowing how you get your pleasure can really help because then you can make sure that you do that before you even start having sex. So, like, have your partner hype you up so that your sex drive sort of increases by doing the things that you really like before you go into it fully. So, like, the foreplay, but like, really doing what you enjoy so that you can get out of your head or get out of whatever is bothering you. And and then that can help with getting up that sex drive. And once again, it just links back to communicating what you enjoy, what you don't enjoy and doing sort of those things when, when the time comes that you need to. <laughs> okay.
0: No, we've covered so much. And the only other thing I remember learning in occupational therapy school was timing people's pain medications. So timing it to where you pre give yourself a pain medicine before having sex. That's a, a general tip for anyone who has chronic pain to maximize their sexual you know, pleasure. So you can time like take a Tylenol or whatever your doctor has recommended, or even put something like one of those topical cooling gels on, let's say it's your wrists, you know, just to allow you to have that, have that maximum amount of, of physical comfort. So this is about time yeah. to wrap it up. Is there anything else yeah. anyone wanted to share that they haven't had
4: a chance to? Yes, I just remembered what I was. Yes, gonna say. <laughs> I was going to say, like, sort of uh, links back to what I was saying too about knowing what gives you pleasure. Um, and we mentioned toys a little bit, and I love the ones that were mentioned. Really love them myself too. But in like to step out even further from that, you don't need to think of toys as just something that's going to help your arthritis or help your situation of arthritis. And I feel like that actually links really well here because. Like trying out different toys, trying out different ways of, of, I don't know, experiencing sex can add on to the pleasure, which can then shift your mentality. And we know that for us girls, like mindset is everything when it comes to sex and what's in our head. So experimenting it from that perspective and yeah, having a box full of toys of a specific thing because you just enjoy it and not just like look at it in a perspective of like, that's what I need because that's what my arthritis needs sort of thing. And yeah, so...
0: That makes a lot of sense and I think it helps that these, you know, vibrators are very commonly used for anyone. It's not necessarily considered like a quote-unquote disability aid, right? You don't, don't yeah, it doesn't really get people in the mood to think about using some ugly, bulky, like let's put my splint on and have sex, like yay, you know? So yeah, I think you're right to, to remember that it's not just a disability thing. It's everyone, want, you know, needs these extra aids sometimes and Joseph just she has a sex bag with all the supplies she needs. Ooh, exciting. <laughs> I'll just give everyone a chance to give any final comments or maybe to somebody you know, listening who you know, feels maybe they've just been diagnosed and they're just scared about how this might affect their relationships long-term. You know, any, any final words? Uh, no, no worries if you don't have any, but Chloe, why don't you go first if
4: you do?
1: probably to someone who is just diagnosed and they're worried like how it's going to impact their like their long-term relationships I would just say to them that it may not work at first it is very much I for me it's been like a trial and error kind of thing and you're not gonna it just like with dating in general you're not going to find the right person straight away and honestly when you do you will find that right person it may feel like that you won't you feel like you won't meet someone who will understand you and your struggles and your condition? But it will happen, and you will realize that this is what you've been waiting for. And also to realize, like when you're when you feel like that you're not being understood, like with your partner, just because you may love them and you don't want to hurt their feelings or you don't want to lose them, you need to say you're you're not taking it seriously. You're not understanding what I'm going through, because if they can't understand what they're doing is making you feel, then they're not worth being with. Like, it's, it's it's blunt and it's harsh, but it's the truth. And I wish someone had told me that when I was with my previous partner because it took me a long time to realise that I deserved a lot better. But also, obviously, for me, like, you know, arthritis is such a struggle. It's a struggle for all of us. But I, I had, like, kind of, like, this sense of doom when I... I mean, I got diagnosed as a baby, so, you know, I didn't have any input when I was a baby. But when I was growing up, my... Remember, Tyler said to me, she said, you know, you could grow out of it because it's what juvenile arthritis can be like. You can grow out of it. And I hung on to that hope for a long time. And then I got to about 16 and she said, and it was getting worse. And she was like, I don't think you're going to grow out of this. And I got that in sense of impending doom. And I was like, this is it now. Oh, my God. Like my life's over. And I just want to like discourage people from feeling that. Like I know it can feel that way and it's so hard to get out of that mindset. But just know that it isn't the be all and end all and you will find someone who will understand you and you can get that intimate connection. And it sounds cheesy, but there's hope. There really is hope. And I feel like, I just feel really passionate about it. And like, you know, like, cause I've been, I've been there myself and now I've like come out the other side and you know, the grass really is greener. Really.
0: You're yeah. so wise for being 21. I'm just amazed. <laughs> that was so oh, beautiful. You. I think we, we got to like put that on like a shirt or something, everything you just said, <laughs> maybe a large, a large shirt. That was beautiful. <laughs>
1: I'll embroider
0: it. <laughs> embroider, yes. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I'm just so impressed by all of you. Oh my gosh.
2: Okay, what about Joe? Okay, so before I say my final thoughts, I have like a little story. So during lockdown, I've downloaded Tinder, as you do, kind of get, put myself out there again. And obviously you don't really want to bring it up out of the blue, you know, I have arthritis. But so I have my arthritis Instagram handle in the bio of my person Instagram and like when people ask for it, I mean, in my head, they kinda stalk me and they see that. So they kind of figure out that I've got that without me actually have to be having to bring it up. And like usually people are very polite about it. But there was this one person and what he said was, Oh, as long as it doesn't affect sex, we're fine. And that was I'll just say that we haven't spoken (laughs) (laughs) after that. But yeah. It's just kind of an example of what not to do, what not to say. Because obviously it affects more than just sex. But at the same time, with all the modification and aids, it it doesn't affect it as much. Like, I mean, obviously you feel it, but it doesn't mean it can't be enjoyable.
0: Well, that helped you narrow it down that you didn't want to t- date him. <laughs> it's like, yeah. thank you for revealing yourself to be unworthy of me. Next.
2: Yeah. But just uh, my final thoughts. Like I said, I've, I've experienced a relationship where communication has been great. And like, I feel like now I've got my standard set up in a way, like not to settle for anything less. Obviously, it was different because he had a chronic illness, but, you know, translating it to someone that doesn't have a chronic illness, I think I know what I deserve and how someone that's truly empathetic uh, and understanding just a good person in general should sound like.
0: Yeah, yeah. There's gonna be somebody who listens to this and just feels so much more hope and and support.
3: So I'm so grateful for you all. How about Allie? That big word of this whole thing, communication, and just being really open with your partner and giving them the resources. You know, They would like to see those resources. Maybe they wanna listen in on this panel. I know this panel is really good for people with arthritis, but your partner might wanna listen in so that he or she knows how to work well with you. And also kind of what Chloe touched on, like, don't ever feel pressured, you know, like if they're not being cooperative with you, or they're not, like Joe said, if they're not okay with taking those precautions and really trying out those, you know, if they're not helpful, just don't feel pressured. We talked a little bit about that. Don't ever go into it and be like, okay, just, I just want to make my boyfriend happy. So I'm going to do this, even though it's really going to hurt me. Like, don't ever do that. Like we were saying, enjoy it. It's for both of you to enjoy, not for him or her, you know, like, So if they're not on board with it and they don't want to learn and they're just like, let's sorry, I'm trying to get my thoughts together. If they're just like, let's do this and be done. Like, no, they give them the resources and communicate between one another, let them know how you feel. And if they're not on board, like Chloe said, thank you next. I'm sorry. But if you're going to be with them for the rest of your life, they got to be on board with this illness and they have to be on board with this illness in bed. So
4: (laughs) yes,
0: absolutely. That's great. Okay. Paulina, any final words?
4: Yes. Thank you. So just so that you guys that are listening feel a little bit bored from this uh, little podcast is communication. OMG. What a surprise. Like the first time we mentioned it. (laughs) No communication, but like, and if you're not someone who feels comfortable communicating, because I know that is like that for some people too, just know that if you don't communicate something, don't feel angry or upset or frustrated at another person for doing something wrong or for saying something wrong or for not knowing how to be because you didn't communicate with them. So you can't expect them to, to know how to be. I mean, arthritis is, is like a learning curve for us each day. So we can't expect someone to fully understand it or even a little bit understand it if we're not truly being honest and communicating about it. So yeah, so that, and to really pretty much repeat what Chloe said, like, don't settle down for less because like, I know that for me, especially I tend to feel like I'm a burden. Like I want to do everything by myself. Like, you know, I don't want the other person to completely change their life just because I need a little bit more help or a bit more support or a bit more needs. But honestly, like it's, talking about the support that you need and talking about the help that you need and not being ashamed of it can actually make your relationship so much stronger. That's in, that's at least something that I've experienced like talking about the things that you need support with is going to increase the bond in your relationship, or at least it has been for me. So if you're with your partner and maybe you feel a little bit disconnected maybe go back and see how honest and how communicative you're being about everything and see how they are. Because if they're not being helpful, if they're not being supportive in whatever area of your life, and this goes to like non arthritis warriors too, I'm sorry, but like everyone deserves to have someone who is fully supportive and fully understanding and caring. So just don't settle down for less I know that. I think, um, Cheryl, you mentioned that you were like picking out the good guys in the past. I'm like the complete opposite. Okay. I've had a very shit boyfriends. I've had a very shit past relationship life. And like we said, from our bad experiences, we learn what we don't want to have ever again. So if you are at a point where you're like, you know what, this is what I want in a guy and blah, 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 and all of these points, stick to that. You're not needy. You're not expecting too much. Your standards are not high. They are just what you need to be happy and to live your most like authentic and happy life. So stick to that. Don't ever settle down for that, for for anything lower. And especially if something affects your health or your pain and health is physical and mental guys. So like, don't forget about that. If something affects you mentally or physically in an, in a, negative challenging way, then just spin it. If he is making you feel shit, if he is making you feel bad, in whatever way that could be at all, you you just that that's just not someone for you. So just know that there are people out there who will be a hundred percent supportive. And you don't want to settle down for anyone lower that than that because you're missing out on an amazing guy who's gonna help you so much more any last closing tips if you are not in a relationship and you are still sort of dating and and testing the waters or whatever uh, (laughs) however you want to call it for me when i introduce myself i'm like hey i'm paulina i'm this year's old. this is my favorite color and this is my hobby and my passion and arthritis is one of those things about me so i don't hide it i don't feel ashamed about it i'm actually and i've said this openly to everyone like i actually feel grateful that i have arthritis because it opened up my mind it made me such a better stronger happier more supportive and communicative person that i feel like if i didn't get hit by arthritis i probably would have never been the person i am now and i definitely wouldn't have met this amazing community that we have so own it like at least that's I do I I just own it I'm like hey I'm Paulina I'm this year's old this is my favorite color and by the way I've got arthritis and you know what it's pretty cool because you can be a supportive ass boyfriend and help me and that way we're gonna love each other even more (laughs) so I'm so happy that I've got my little ponytail today because I can like flip my hair with the attitude that I have today (laughs) but yeah like bottom line of it all guys or whoever is listening or you know You just have to value yourself as a person. Like, you know your value, know who you are, know what you're like, know that you deserve everything that you want and and reach for that. It's hard. I'm not going to lie. Like sometimes it might be hard and we might be having the little rocks on the road and just know your value, know your worth and know that. Just because you came across someone shitty doesn't make you a shitty person and it doesn't mean that you have to settle for a shitty person or for a shitty thing or a shitty relationship or yeah. There's no definition of a normal relationship. There's no definition of like this is what normal is because everyone has a completely different normal and everyone has a completely different way that they want to live their life. So, and every, every, every option, every opportunity, every path that you want to take is wonderful. It's beautiful. And it's yours and it's unique. So reading a book right now. And one of the things in the book, one of the sentences was basically like, please get out there and do what you need to be happy so that the world can get your amazing, awesome self because you have something to give this world. So own it. Be that person because the world is going to thank you for you simply being happy and giving back to that to them. So that's it. Wow. Sign out. Sign Dropping out. the mic. Boom. Pulling it
0: out. <laughs>
4: Everyone who's gotten this far in the
0: episode deserves uh, a cookie and oh a free sex toy. No, <laughs> I yeah. wish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you guys. Seriously, thank you all so much. I learned a lot, even though I've been living with this for 17 years and there's something so powerful about personal stories. This episode is brought to you by the Rheumatoid Arthritis Roadmap, your guide to a full life with RA. It's my comprehensive online education and empowerment program. I'm so excited about it. And To learn more, go to www.myarthritislife.net. Just shoot me an email at info at my I can't wait to hear from you.